Holler is intended for mature audiences only, so your mom is definitely invited. Sometimes controversial, always engaging. It's the podcast that lets your voice be heard. It's the podcast that shouts you out. It's time to holler. Can you dig it? I could eat a unicorn one day through a Pop-Tart. I like... That's your shoes. You like the jizzy part? Yeah, I like the way it explodes. You like it? And to swallow it down. Oh, my God. Your tweets, snaps, Facebook comments, and even phone calls. Holler any way you want. They used to give kids opiates to keep them quiet. This is much less <laughs> offensive than that. J.D., Brian, and Gracie. Holler at your boys. And Holler Nation, what is up? We are a man down this evening. Rest in peace, JD. Um, his power is out. He didn't die, but his power did die. He is not with us. So we're going to roll without him. Um, we've got a great guest this evening. Plenty of stuff to talk about. I'm getting everything shared on the socials right now. I'm assuming they are on the screen as well. Bear with us one second here while we get this knocked out. Um, Gracie, let's just go ahead and start with you while we're getting all these shared. Are you tired this evening or are you active? Um so tired um, I did not get a nap today have been going since i got up this morning so yeah extra sleepy so if i accidentally fall asleep on the show just go without me i don't know let's just just go on without me that's all i can say to you right now roger that gracie let me ask you this is there ever a day where you just really wake up and you're rolling and you're just like Damn, I feel amazing today. Like today, I'm like rocket fuel. How many of those days do you have a month? If you just had to guess on average. Um, zero right now. Because last week, I literally slept until 11.45. And I got up and got ready. And then I was just tired already. I was already done. For the I was day. tired already. But then I spent my entire day doing stuff with my family. So, well, I'll give it to no, you, Gracie. I, uh, I love that we cover your sleep so much on this show. It's just a fun topic. Um, I'll give it to you. For as sleepy as you are, uh, you still get things done. I mean, it's like you work full time. You're a mom. Um, now you're growing a human. Yeah. Now you're knocked up. So you know that sounds even more tiring. So. <laughs> Just, oh well, that just does not make it sound nice. <laughs> it didn't, and I did that on purpose, by the way. Enough of us. Uh, we are here with James Edward Holly. James, it's so nice to meet you, and we're literally meeting you live on the show. How you doing, man? Yeah, good, man. Nice to meet you guys as well. Thanks for having me. Yes, you're very welcome. Where are you podcasting from? Let's go that route first. Uh, this is a really funny thing because I think Gracie, when she when she booked me, thought maybe I was down in Nashville or or one of the places where I work. Turns out that we're neighbors. I'm yeah. in Huntington, West Virginia, maybe three blocks from her. I like it. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. We could probably yell out the window right now and podcast yeah. just by screaming with each other. Cool. We once we once had a guest, uh, and like I said, I like to just meet everybody organically on the show, but we, we did once have a guest. Um, Lee Pennington is her name, actually, and she's uh, she's someone that's very popular in the area. She helps us get a lot of local bands, and she just knows everyone. Lee is somebody that just knows everyone. Um, right. I wouldn't be surprised if you knew her, but like she knows everyone, and uh, we got her we got her live on the show organically, and and she was my neighbor. I learned that like live on the show. Like I was asking her where she was at, and I was like, that sounds oddly familiar, and she's literally right around the corner, and now I see her all the time. If I'm outside <laughs> mowing grass, I'm like, there goes Lee. How you doing? <laughs> it's a small world. Yeah, it is. All right, well, let's. Uh, Holler Nation is out there. They're active. What's up? What's up? What's up? We've got 
We've got Steven out there as well. He oh, says, hey, Gracie, these are all Gracie's fan base right now. Oh, yes. I have a fan club and Brian gets so mad. <laughs> I'm not mad about it. He hates to have a fan club and he doesn't. Maybe maybe salty is the right word, but I'm not mad about it. No way. <laughs> Same thing. So, Your only fan is Purge the Dog. <laughs> Before we get rolling here, we definitely want to shout out our sponsors. I'm actually messaging them right now. ShotgunSquad.com. Go check out all of their merch. These, these guys and gals are crazy. Uh, a lot of them are down in Texas and different places like that. Um, but they have all this really, really fun merch, whether it's whether it's shirts, uh, shorts, things to shotgun drinks with. It doesn't just have to be beer, by the way. You could shotgun a Red Bull. Uh, but they've got a whole Facebook group based around their, their concept. And their concept is just living life and having fun. And if that sounds like you, go to ShotgunSquad.com and support them. <laughs> Grab one of their shirts. Um, <laughs> Gracie's having a lot of fun. Gracie's having a lot of fun in the chat. I know. Just like, ah, just Brian up here talking. But ShotgunSquad.com. <laughs> Definitely go check them out. Um, and I, like I said, I'm sharing this uh, to their group right now. Um, give me one second here. Gracie, this is that portion of the show where if you'd like to ask the guest a question, have at it. <laughs> um, are you part of my fan club? <laughs> because it's free to enter. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm watching. I'm watching the comments and everything. I don't want to be left out. <laughs> well, you're going to be because we got Gracie on the other side here. So, uh Miranda says another for Gracie's fan club here. I love <laughs> we got yeah, another comment. I didn't want to single out my Gracie, but hey, beautiful. <laughs> we got Kayla Bell out there. She says that's because Gracie is the best. She deserves the fan club. She does deserve the fan club. Boom. <laughs> and then why not one more for the road? Ted says Ted. Gracie. Um, like hello, Holler Nation, by the way. There's a couple dudes here. No big deal. Just It's Gracie, and it's her world. <laughs> it's the All right. Well, let's get to James. I'll tell you what. Um, a lot of ground to cover with this guest this evening because this apparently is a pretty important guy. He's got his own IMDb, and I'm very jealous of that. And let's just start with that, James. You say it's very – you say it's easier than people think to get an IMDb. Please explain this. Yeah, an IMDb, man. Um, if, you're, if you've done a, uh, anything else. Oh, like I did some spots on a Discovery Channel thing one time years ago. I didn't even have a line, but I got an IMDb shout out for it. So I built the page. You pay for the page and boom, you're on there. Uh, they verify that you're actually in the movies or in the TV shows and everything. But as far as having one, it's it's not that big of a deal. I thought it was until I got one. It feels like a big deal, and I, it's impressive, nonetheless. I mean, it's like one of those things that should go on a resume. I feel like I feel like you should always come with like a hyperlink at all times for the rest of your life. Now, you're it's like like you said, it's like you're verified. Now, did you say there was a point where you had to pay for something? Well, you pay, pay to have a page. Uh, if you don't pay them, they won't show your picture. Okay, That's and how much does it cost to show the picture? It's not much. It's like it's like forty bucks a year or something. But okay. if you're going to have pictures on there and show scenes from from different movies or maybe show your uh your acting reel because there's ways that you can get cast off imdb it, it's 40 or 50 bucks a year uh you can still have your bio up but without the without the paid subscription nobody will see your face yeah no you're exactly right it's totally worth it's totally worth the the throwing the cash out there because the point of the imdb is is your portfolio and what is your portfolio if you're just a ghost name like you said people are going to blow right by it 
Um, exactly. It's hard enough to get them there in the first place. Um, well, Miranda yeah, out there. I mean, if you're going to be in this industry, if you're going to be in television and movies and you can't afford to put your face out there in the wrong <laughs> yep. business, man, yep. you need to turn the radio. You're right about that. You're right about that. Um, Miranda out there says, Brian, I think you were in a movie once. You should make an IMDb. And she's right. I've actually, um, I have actually acted. Uh, so James, you'll like this, or I've actually acted in a couple um, local, two or three now, local short films. Um, these were, some of them were as old as 12 years ago. Um, so my point is they're very bad. They're locally made, but they are on YouTube. They're, um, you know, I think one of, I think the longest one is like 40 minutes long. They're short films. Um, okay. The other one is like 20, 25 minutes long, but I like to, if I'm ever having a party and I've got like a lot of friends over and the night's fizzling down, it gets to that part of the night where it gets kind of weird, where it's like maybe two in the morning, right before the birds start singing and things are getting weird. I really do like to pull that YouTube up on my television and it's usually good for laughs. It's like, it's good to see young Brian just like, you know, trying his best out there acting. And I can still remember some of my roles. Um, do you remember your very first like silly roles that maybe you were ever a part of? Oh Yeah. Yeah, the very first thing that I ever did. Well, are you talking about on film? I did yes. theater for a while. Uh, but as far as on film goes, um, yeah, I, I actually directed one. That it was the very first thing that me and the the director of photography had ever done together. A, another friend of ours had written it. Oddly enough, even though it's it, it'll never win an Oscar, uh, it got worldwide distribution on Shorts TV and is actually still playing in thirteen countries. As the very <laughs> first thing, the very first one. Amazing. Yeah. What's the name of this? It's called uh, Deadline. Okay, Deadline. Deadline. It's about an author that kind of loses himself uh, in his writing, and he, he's supposed to be on some uh, mood-altering medications that he won't take, and so he kind of gets lost in his in his work. But um, uh, it's only, I think it's maybe 14 minutes long, but, you know, it, it, it got just popular enough to where we actually uh, – we made it for nothing, and and we made just a little bit of money off of it, enough to go make another short film. Amazing! And yeah. it ended up on it ended up on uh, Shorts TV as well. It played in twenty three or twenty four countries, and uh, the credit goes to a kid. I don't know if you've ever worked with him or not. He's a local guy named uh, Caden Tooley. Oh, we know Caden. He's a friend of Caden. the budget. Caden yeah, is. Caden's been like my go to DP now for for about three years, and. Uh, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be doing, I'd still be doing theater because he, he walked, we had an idea for the movie that I'm actually in edits with right now. And a friend of mine brought him to me and said, Hey, this is, um, this is a kid that you probably need to meet. And you know, he's a prodigy. And he, really he, he, he walks in, he, he looked like he might be at the time he was like 18 or 19 years old. <laughs> and then you see his work and you're like, there's people in the business that can't, they don't have his eye. And uh, I talked to him a little bit and then found out that I used to run around with his mom and dad years ago, like high school. <laughs> and and uh, so, was, again, uh, you know, uh, testament to the fact that it's such a small world. Uh, but Caden is the reason that we got uh, a couple of our movies distributed and he's doing great right now. And he's actually we're both in Nashville, but he's we're, we're not working together at this point. He's he's got some other gigs going on. But that that kid is just something else. Yeah, he really is. Um, he really is impressive. He's one of those guys when you meet when you meet him, like you said, he comes across as like a very young guy. But right away, you know, hey, this guy's very intelligent and he's very good at what he does. Um, he has no problem taking charge. And it's this is hard to explain. OK, but he has like 
what you would just call the it factor. And not a lot of people have that, but you meet him and you go instantly. He's going to go somewhere and do something. I don't know what it is yet. And he's still young. Mm -hmm. And we are obviously like all are rooting for you, Caden, if you're listening to this out there, because he does listen to the show sometimes, but like uh, he's uh yeah, he's he is a talent for sure, and a very intelligent guy. Super, super smart. Oh, and and the thing about him and his parents both, uh, his dad's a pastor, and his uh, the mom and dad have been together forever. And that family is so nice that when you first meet him, Caden included, his little brother included, you almost wonder if it's genuine. And then you get to know him, and you find <laughs> out that really is that's just how they are. They're just the coolest yeah. people, and I I, I really. Uh, I've had a blast working with all of them. Um, for the people that are listening from uh, maybe other states and even sometimes other countries, every now and then, uh, James, we get uh, Iceland in here. We'll get Germany in here. Um, all these all these weird locations that people watch and listen from. Uh, the internet is weird. You know, podcasts, they just get spammed out in these odd spots. But um, if you're listening to this, these are just good old local stories. We are all in West Virginia right now, um, and yeah. these stories are common. And I think, ultimately, we are lucky for these stories. I think that we're lucky that, like, when you mention somebody, you're like, oh, yeah, I knew his mom. They live around the corner. I used to, you know, because you, you don't get that stuff just everywhere, and it, it's really That's special. True. Um, before we move on anymore, let's talk about our main sponsor of the show here, who are, we are proudly powered by, and that is Camo Energy. They provide these little energy shots for the show. And James, I don't know if you're a caffeine guy. I don't know. I you, am. You, yeah, you don't have to be. Like, you, I'm not forcing you, by the way. We're not forcing these down your throat. But um, we want everybody to know, CamoEnergyShots.com. I'm telling you guys, this is something. Talk about up and coming um, and, and special things from the area. They're, they're amazing. Their flavor profile is amazing. 250 milligrams of caffeine, no carbs, no sugar. Um, but they are locally based here in West Virginia. But now they're, um, they are, I used to say they're, they're crossing over into other states, but now they're crossing over into other countries. They've got an account in Canada now, and even Gracie didn't know that. But I just caught up with their CEO just the other day, and uh, they have an account in Canada. So they're doing big things. And every time I go over to their warehouse, which is local here in Huntington, um, in a secret location that I will not disclose, uh, but I love going over there because they, they conduct their business there, but it's also a giant warehouse. And it just blows my mind that these, pal I will watch, I will watch these uh, giant, um, Tonka trucks pull up, uh, real life Tonka trucks, and they will drop these pallets and just stack it from uh, floor to ceiling because these things are so delicious. So the two flavors that I had, uh, Dragon Fruit um, and Rocket Pop, these are my two favorites, and that's why I show them. But they've got uh, five different flavors all together, Blood Orange, um, Lemon Frost, Berry Blast. They are delicious, and like I said, they're a cool company, and we know the, we know the people um, as well, so their hometown. Um, this is what you would replace – uh, obviously a five hour energy with five hour energy. The the problem with that is they've got those kind of like a chemical aftertaste and the weird jitters and things like that. Camo energy is, is just a very delicious taste. And um, for those people that are uh, used to just grabbing a can of like monster energy, see Gracie could use one right now. I don't think there's enough camo on the planet for Gracie. Honestly, I really don't actually, she can't have one because of the fetus, right? You can't, your fetus can't have caffeine. Is that how that works? Gracie? I don't know. I've never had one. This is crazy. Yeah, but just wait. I'm going to shoot this baby out, and somebody better hand me a damn camo shot the second <laughs> the, he comes That's out the of best ad. Body. That's going to be the best ad. Directly after birth, Gracie chugged a camo <laughs> energy and came to life. She was, was walking home the, the next day. 
<laughs> yeah, but camoenergyshots.com. I want to give people a chance to win it for free right now. So if you're watching for the first time or maybe you haven't watched in a minute, here's a good way to win it for free. The live video that you're watching right now, share it to your Facebook wall. That's all I'm asking you to do. If you share this to your Facebook wall, send us a DM showing us that you've shared it. Make sure you include your mailing address. I'm going to send you a two-pack of this stuff for free, 99 you don't have to pay shipping, nothing. It's just going to come to your door um, at random. We might even throw a holler sticker in there because that's what we do. So share this live feed, free camo for you. Make sure you send us a DM. Okay, enough about camo. We'll talk more about them later. Um, we also are going to give you guys more chances to win camo a little bit later in the show. We're going to play Family Feud. And that's always a fun time. So stick around. But first, we've got so many questions for James here because, um, like we said, he's a movie guy, but he's also a former military guy. So he's got a lot of stuff uh, on the docket here that we could, like, lots of avenues we could go down. But some things I want to talk about right away. Um, some movies that you were involved with, James. Um, Cave Rescue is a 2022 movie. And then we've got The Cave, which is a 2019 movie. Now, this is the same. This is about the same subject matter. Is that true? Actually, what happened is the, the Cave was the original. We made it in 2018. It was released in 2019 uh, by like 30 different countries. When it was finally, uh, it, it was held up. We, we weren't allowed to release it in the United States because uh, Netflix, uh, I won't say they blocked it. But I, I don't know the legalities behind it, but um, uh, Amazon or somebody, Ron Howard was making 13 Lives, which is exactly the same subject matter. Okay. And so they, they stopped it from being released in the United States. When it was finally ready to be released, uh, Sony went in, or, or Lionsgate, yeah, Lionsgate was the distributors, um, and they recut it. And when they recut it, they changed the name to Cave Rescue. So it's the same movie. It's about oh, ten minutes shorter. Wow. I think I'm in, I'm in, I'm in two less scenes. I like they cut like a minute and a half of my time on screen. But other than that, it's actually a better cut. Cave Rescue is a better version of the same movie. Okay, that makes sense. Where was this filmed? It was filmed in Thailand. Um, we were. It's really funny because, you know, we said I was in the military. I was I was actually up for a promotion or to get out and retire. And I had some physical issues. So I decided I told my, my wife and I were talking. I said, eh, I think maybe I want to I think I may maybe want to retire. And within just like a few days of me making that decision, I was still in. Um, I got the call. Uh, he had seen uh, the director had seen my page and said, uh, I need a military guy to play in the movie that understands the jargon can also maybe work a little bit as a military consultant. Uh, would you be interested? And so I jumped on it and within just a few weeks was in Bangkok. Uh, we filmed in Bangkok. We filmed um, uh, just a little bit uh, right on the border of uh, Vietnam. We were up in Chiang Rai, just, just, just all over the place. And uh, I'd, I'd never done that kind of traveling for that kind of reason. Right. And that's so that cool. Was really cool. But uh, it was really funny because, you know, I wore a, I wore my army uniform the whole time. Your, your <laughs> army uniform, like yours. I was still, yeah. I was still wearing it. Yeah. <laughs> we've got uh, we've got Brandon Woolham out here and fun story about Brandon Woolham. He is actually the voice of the intro that you heard when we start the show. So that voice that you hear the intros, the show uh, that says your mom is definitely invited. That's Brandon yeah. Woolham. He's out there and he's in Nashville as well. He's a Nashville guy. So okay, uh, 
Cool. Yeah, Woolham, cheers to you, man. Good to hear from you. Good to see you. Glad you got this pulled up. If you end up uh, hearing us later, Woolham, stick around, play some Family Feud. He's one of those ones that likes to sneak in during the Family Feud and try to win it. They People get a little bit competitive during those rounds. We'll see. We get enough people in here. We'll, we'll hit the button and play it. A little it. aggressive. Um, it gets a little aggressive sometimes, but we blame it on Gracie because she's the judge. So if you're mad at somebody, thank God it's not me. It's Gracie. <laughs> so, Be mad at Brian. What? He's the one asking the stupid questions. Right. His questions are stupid. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's very interesting about about the traveling and everything. Um, because like, man, that's where you really take it from. Like, oh, I just do some stuff for fun on the side. It's like, hey, man, you're in Thailand filming. You you came with this military background. You're consulting on the film as well. You are important in that in that, and that's really that's super cool. There, there's nothing more frustrating than watching a movie that specializes in a certain field. And I'm going to just use athletics for this one. Um, watching a movie about basketball and watching the actors, you can tell, I, I say it out loud all the time. I go, that guy's never shot a basketball. That girl's never shot a basketball. I'll say that guy's never thrown a baseball. I can tell. And he's the pitcher in the movie. And I'm like, I can tell right now he's never thrown a baseball in his entire life. There's nothing worse than that. So I'm glad that they took time to get a guy like you on there to, to really make, make it unique. Yeah, yeah, that, that, and I was I was one of the only Americans on the set, which was also very cool. Everybody in the movie that played one of my soldiers, they were all British. They didn't have lines, so nobody knew it. Oh, okay, that's hilarious. And to be clear, this is that this is that story. Um, well, I'll let you tell the story, the, the real life story. Just summarize what that event was about. Yeah, in June of 2018, there were 13. Uh, but what had happened was there was a there was a Thai soccer team, 12 boys and a coach. And uh, one of the boys had had a birthday. And in Thailand, caves are looked at like we look at haunted houses. It's where they believe the spirits are and all this kind of mm -hmm. stuff. So they decide for this boy's birthday, and this is not in the movie. It should be. Uh, but uh, they decide for this kid's birthday, they're going to go uh, on uh, walking through this cave. And, and if you've never seen these caves, they're five, six, seven stories tall. And you can walk in them for miles and miles and miles. They end up three miles into the cave. And while they're inside the rainy season uh, that we hear about from the soldiers that were in Vietnam, because uh, that's right on this, it's, it's exactly in the same, uh, same area, you know, uh, that Thailand and Vietnam have exactly the same weather. They, when that rainy season starts, it doesn't stop. It's just a deluge. And uh, while they were inside, that happened. And when they tried to leave, they, they got about a mile um toward the exit, they were still two miles in and they couldn't get out. And it took uh, 10 different countries and uh, the, uh, pro professional cave divers, people that just swim in caves. I remember that happening. All kinds of stuff to get them out of there. And uh, they, were, they were in there a couple of weeks. Well, now I'm fired up and want to watch the movie because it's an interesting story. I do definitely – we all remember it happening. It's one of those real-life like uh, like Captain Phillips stories where it's just like – it feels like a movie, but it's real life. So why not make a movie or two or three if you're Ron Howard? <laughs> well, and Ron Howard did – his movie is incredible. But if you want to see a little closer to what happened, we actually used the actual cave divers that rescued the boys. Wow. The people that are in our movie um, – the only people that weren't actually the, the folks were the military because the military wasn't allowed to make a movie about it. So my character is actually a combination of about three different Air Force and Army officers that helped coordinate the rescue. Everybody else, the people that, you know, the monks, the people that, uh, that were, that were um, uh, holding prayer services for the boys and, and the cooks. 
The Muslim cook, cooks that cooked for all of the volunteers that were rescuing the boys were the same cooks that cooked for us on set. Okay, that's unreal. Amazing. That's like too authentic. Like, yeah, that's, it was really that's awesome. You're lucky and for that, though. This is a lucky made, experience. We made the movie. We made the movie. Uh, we started filming about three months after the rescue, so it was all fresh. All these people had just done it, and uh, so although we didn't have the forty million dollars to to make our movie that that Ron had, uh, it's it is by far the more authentic. Well, I would say so. Even the actual cooks. I mean, that's that's an unbelievable detail. Uh, we've got Chris. She just joined us. Um, hey, Chris, thanks again for the bottle of Maker's Mark. It's already gone, by the way, but thank you for that. Um, she says, just joined. What is the name of this movie? Name of this movie is Cave Rescue. It's a 2022 movie. Um, search on IMDb, and you'll find James here. He's got a really impressive IMDb, Chris. I know that we, like, he's laughing about this on his end, but, like, seriously, he's got an impressive IMDb. Go check him out. Just type his name in, and you will see Cave Rescue. And you know what i have so many more questions to ask you we're going to do something really weird we're going to cut your interview in half we're going to have fun and then we're going to get back to you in a second james here we go just like this all right guys since we got some good eyes on the show right now let's go ahead and play some family feud um, if you're new to this it's the first person to get three correct number one answers. That's what we're shooting for. Gracie's going to be the judge. The winner of the family feud is going to receive a camo energy pack. We're going to send you a random, um, random flavors and some stickers of camo energy, camo energy shots.com. Gracie's the judge. It's her screen that counts. It's not your screen. Your screen's always going to make your answers look faster. Don't forget that. I will ask you the question. You can guess as many guesses as you want. It's basically who can type the fastest. We're only looking for the number one answer. Whoever types it first gets the point. First one to three takes it. Here we go. Family feud time. All right, guys. First question. What's something you record? That's randomly fitting for this show. What's something you record? Number one answer gets it. Uh, James, what was your favorite movie last year? So talking about like the Academy Awards that just happened, some of the ones that were up for, for best film, best performance. What comes to I'm mind? A sucker for, I'm a sucker for old-fashioned Hollywood, and I love Maverick. I just thought okay. Top Gun Maverick was... It was it was exactly what you want. It was just a popcorn movie. I loved it. No, it was great. And you know that one, I believe, won best sound. Correct, if I'm not mistaken. I don't. I honestly don't know. Uh, I think it, they it won, won best something. sound. Yeah. Yeah, I think they won like sound editing or whatever. Because I mean, like, come on, we've got like fighter jets, like zipper. It's kind of like a no brainer. They were going to win that one. I was glad they got something out of that movie because it did feel like too good of a movie to, to win nothing. So of course mm -hmm. you're excited when they get nominations. And of course it's got right. Tom Cruise. It's going to get noms, but uh, right. yeah, they, they won best sound editing, I believe. Um, okay. Anyway, um, something that you record some guesses out here. Yes. we got the number one answer. Number one answer is music. Uh, should be Chris. Yeah. Yep. Chris takes it. You're on the board. All right, guys. Next question. Name one of the sections found in a bookstore. Boy, that's an easy one. You never know with these questions, James. Sometimes they're really hard. Sometimes they're really easy. That one, not so hard. Name a section found in a bookstore. This is like whoever's going to type it the fastest. Uh, number one answer is already out there, Gracie, by the way. It is fiction. Oh, okay, Miranda. Miranda takes it. She's on the board. One to yeah. one. Wake you guys up out there. <laughs> You guys are just joining. We're still playing Family Feud. You know the drill. Get the number one answer, take the point. First one to three takes it. 
You're winning camo energy. James, we'll make sure you get some camo energy, by the way. That's our thank you for being on the show, okay? Hey, I appreciate if we, it. If we had bags of money, we would send you a bag. We have no bags of money. So you will not yeah, receive a bag of, money. of money. You would be handing me bags of money. <laughs> Gracie would give you nothing because, yeah, I just, you know, I would give you, I would give you half the I bags would, of money. I gave him the honor of being on the show. I mean, what more could you We want did give him the honor. That's right. <laughs> and what an honor. This guy who just shot a movie in Thailand and has a huge IMDb, we have given him the honor of being on officialholler.com. Amazing hey, how the world works. Let me tell you something. You are way too impressed. <laughs> I'm going to just He's keep pouring it the rest of the night. Yeah. I'm going to get a text message tomorrow and be like, do you remember our guest last night has an IMDb? I'm like, yes, Brian. I remember this. Okay, here we go. Next question. Family Feud. Name something that's better to do outside than inside. See, this is where it gets a little bit trickier, James. Name something that's better to do outside than inside your house. Okay, I have a question. Sure. What um, are you allowed to talk about? It? If not, then I can ask you something else. But what current movie are you working on? Like, is there a movie that you're currently working on? I know that you went down to Nashville, so... Yeah, I'm actually editing my movie, The Good Fight, the one that was filmed oh, here yeah. in Huntington with John Schneider. Yes, I remember seeing. Yeah, I got to direct Bo Duke. That was a lot of fun. Cool. What's a what's a small uh, plot line of The Good Fight? The Good Fight is it's it, the backdrop is a boxing slash uh, fight night that, that has MMA and wrestling and boxing things like that. But the the guts of the story is that every main character of the story. Uh, is fighting a battle. Uh, somebody's got a terminal illness. Somebody's trying to keep their marriage together. Everybody has a fight that they're fighting, and we don't see each other. And it, 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 most of us are trying to do the best thing for ourselves. Our main character, our protagonist, uh, is a little selfish. It takes him a little longer to uh, get his mind right and decide what is worth fighting for. Roger that. Roger that. Okay, number one answer is in the chat. Um, it is exercise. Um, not to be confused uh, with farting. <laughs> or napping. I, where is it? Oh, Miranda. Or Sorry, I knew it was there somewhere. Doing sex. Miranda thinks sex could be better outside than in. This is interesting. She must love to camp. That's the best thing I can think of. Um Okay, here we go. Next question, guys. Name a talent that people are born with. Name a talent people are born with. Um, James, here's here's a good question for you. Um, your military background. Let's just say a, a kid were to look up at you, bright eyed, and he he's wishy-washy on a path in life to choose. Well, on one hand, you're in the arts, and on the other hand, you've been in the military. Do you have advice on which way th this this young mind should go? What are you thinking, man? It absolutely depends on the personality of the kid, man. My daughter, I just helped her join the Navy. My son wouldn't fit into any branch of the military, no way in the world. Uh, so you, just, you got you to gotta figure out, are they an academic? Are they an artist? Are they somebody that really will thrive under that uh, disciplined environment and, and then just kind of steer them? And every branch of service has a different personality. I, I knew when she told me she wanted to be in the military, I knew she was Navy. Interesting. Ooh, I kind of have more questions about that. We've got the number one answer in the chat. Number one. And by the way, Chris says, thank you for your service. And we, and we do, we do thank you okay. for your service. 
We really do. Okay. I would if I could find if I could find the the holler button, I'd holler you, but I can't find it. So you know, we'll, we'll give you this is a cool button. I'm an Indian outlaw. Indian outlaw. Nothing wrong with that one. Um, the Jesus no, Christ. The the number one answer was singing. It's Miranda, and she wins. She wins. There you go. Miranda takes the camo energy. <laughs> camo for dinner. Camo, camo. Okay, let's get back to James here because too many interesting things to talk about. And let's just piggyback right where we were. So you're, you're talking about your daughter's personality. What about her personality specifically made you just go, that's Navy? Well, okay. So when I was 19, right before the Gulf War started, I joined the Navy. I was in the Navy for 10 years, active duty. Um, got out uh, when my wife was pregnant with our son. Uh, when 9-11 happened, I tried to go back and the Navy wouldn't take me. I had some hearing loss. But I was a medic, so the Army took me. So I've seen both of those. I was in the Navy for 10 years. I was in the Army for 10 years, and I did three years as a reserve and guard. And what I learned in the Navy, because you also hang out with a lot of Marines, and then in the Army you hang out with a lot of Air Forces, everybody that really succeeds in those branches, there's things about them. The Marines are just a different breed of CAC, man. They're just different, and you can you can talk to them for five minutes and – you doesn't take five minutes. You know they're a Marine. Um, the Navy's the same way. And with her, she's she's five foot two, you know, 120 pounds, and uh, wants to wants to be in military service. But she, I, you know, she's not the type that I would see uh, going out in the field for ten days and not being allowed to shower, or <laughs> some of the things that would make you uncomfortable and maybe get in your head a little bit. Whereas with you. other people, that doesn't phase them. Folks that. We're born hunting and going camping and stuff like that. And, and honestly, I never took mine and did that. That was never my thing either. And so when she told me she wanted to be in the military, she'd been around me in both branches and uh, I knew where she fit. Right. But also, you know, on one hand, okay, we had a laugh at her expense about the shower thing, but also, Hey, she's someone in the military and that takes discipline regardless. There's no changing yeah. the discipline part. So yeah. you're still saying like, Hey, at the end of the day, she still fits somewhere because she's disciplined. Whereas you say you have another one and you're like, he's not going to, he's not going to go for that. No way. No way. Um, it's just not his thing. Let's play, let's play a fun game. You've now known us for 30 minutes. Um, this is unofficial. Oh, no. This is unofficial yeah. place. Uh, both Gracie and I in one of the branches of military. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. All right. Gracie, you are for sure Air Force. You're beautiful. Okay. I yep. don't know why I'm for sure. Air Force. And like, dude, you, 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 Brian, Brian, you're Navy. There's no doubt in my mind. You're Navy. <laughs> yes. All right. All right. Yeah, well, yeah, big personality. You'd fit in well. Well, you know, uh, one of my favorite places on earth is uh, Jacksonville. So, boom, we're right there with Jacksonville. Yeah. Yep. So, then I could go home, technically, you know, my home away from home. So, yeah, I like it. That was fun. Um, hey, let's get back to movies for a second. Here's a here's a weird thought to talk about. Uh, movie Pass. What do you think about that service, James? I use it. Me too. Yeah, yeah I love it. I love being able, you know, if you get busy and you don't get to go for a while, and then, then you can go see like three movies on a weekend. It's awesome. Yeah, so um, I, like, I like going to theaters. I like going to right. the theater. That's where I was meeting like Avatar, Way of Water at the theater as opposed to on, on a TV screen. Yes, exactly. What, dude, that's the that is the that's the cream of the crop example. Uh, that one, if you watch it on your TV, um, 
I mean, hell, you might walk away from that movie and call it a five out of ten. If you go see it in theater, it might be your favorite movie of all time. That's yeah, you know, and like and that's, you're hundred percent correct. That's how yep. different it is, especially if you go in three D for that particular one. It's just what it's made for. Uh, wow, seriously, mm -hmm. amazing. I definitely I go as much as possible. Are you so back to the movie pass thing? Um, I was an OG member when they first came out with it, and they've kind of changed the service a little bit now. And now they're in um in kind of a beta thing where they're like um just testing people right now. So are you in this new program where they're testing people or were you an old OG? Old. Been yep. doing it for about three years and and uh, I don't even know about the, the new test. Yeah, well, so they've got a new test out. They sent me a new card and what they do now is they give you credits and the credits can even vary. Uh, it's kind of, At first it sounds off-putting, but I'm here to say it's not as off-putting as it sounds because at first they... Um, <sighs> The credits that you get per month, I forget the number, it's some wacky number, like 40 credits a month. And these credits vary depending on what time you go see the movie, if it's a matinee movie. And it also depends on if you're going to see one of the super popular ones. If you're going to right. see Super Mario in 3D, that's going to take more credits than going to see a matinee movie that's only out for a couple uh, times a day. So anyway, it all adds up in the end. But the most important thing about this is it's got rollover credits. So like, let's just say one month you got real busy, didn't go at all. Your credits just roll over to the next month. So And they just keep rolling rolling over with their new MoviePass plan. So it's still the concept of a credit card. So for those out there that are listening that have never used MoviePass before, James is using it, so he gets it. Uh, your MoviePass credit card comes with an app on your phone. You get close to the theater. It logs you in. It checks you in. And you select what movie you want on your app on your phone. It loads your real credit card that you've got in your in your hand. I think it's like a MasterCard these days. Um, and then you go in with your uh, MoviePass card. Now the theater workers if they look at your card, they would know. But other than that, they think you're just paying with a real credit card. So you'll just say, mm -hmm. you know, give me two tickets to Avatar, uh, Way of Water. Uh, you'll swipe your movie pass card, which is just a real credit card. And uh, it spits out two tickets. And it's pretty amazing. You only pay. Uh, th there's actually, that was another thing, James. There's three different tiers now that you can pay. So uh -huh. you can start at like $9.99. You can pay the middle tier. You can go all the way up to 20 And I think 20 is like unlimited. I just pay the $9.99. I wanted to see how it worked first and just make sure I still like it and i love it i still like it so yeah yeah i think we're, we're we do the two a month is what we do two tickets a month yep. uh so that we can go see one movie but then they they've always rolled over so so i think right now we can go see six movies i will say uh if you happen to remember when movie pass was taken it's like big downfall a couple years ago when it was like shit in the bed and it was over with uh they started to get really weird with it uh i don't know if you'll remember this or not you would show up to the movie theater and like i would want to see avatar or a certain movie and it wouldn't even be on the list they were then choosing which movies that you got to go see and i'm like no hell no i know too much about how theaters work so i would just show up and be like oh uh, sure i'll see this movie they'd hand me a ticket i would just walk into avatar i'd make sure i got there at the right time just go see Avatar. i mean what's the guy's not going to follow me down the hall that's not how movie theaters work they don't care right. once you're past right. the gate and you've paid the price of admission it's not like i it's not like avatar costs more money i'm still paid the price of admission i didn't steal from these people but i certainly right. made sure i showed up at the time at the movie that i wanted to watch i just walk down the hall and just go see it um, good old movie pass moviepass.com um yeah and i want to talk about like do you think movie theaters are dying because i certainly hope not you think they're going to make it through this i mean they've made it through so oh, far i think they're, they're coming back huge especially overseas right now um the cave rescue actually just got re-released in thailand uh it was out three years ago and they're 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 they have so many people going and and such a limited um uh market at this point or a limited product at this point 
uh, they're recycling some of the ones that didn't do well because of COVID. Yeah. And, you know, I have a thought, I have a theory too, because I think too often we hear these echo chambers, these, all the social media that we're on and we hear too many people that are like, uh, you know, just stream everything from your house or get it from here for free, blah, blah, blah. And it's easy to think, wow, the majority of the people are just streaming. And the fact is that's not true. They're just the ones being the loudest. And those people, I've got news. They weren't going to the movie theater anyway. They're the, right. I'm, I'm not trying to pick on them because movies aren't everyone's thing. They're one of my passions. So it's a favorite topic of mine, but like right. movies aren't everyone's thing. Right. So like those people, they were not getting up. They, they didn't want to get off their couch to begin with. That's me putting it nicely. Okay. They didn't want to get up off their couch or out of their bed. So therefore they just stayed put and they just kind of stream what's ever on. But you know what? Um, your, your range becomes limited at that point and you just become a little bit too commercial. Like, come on, spice up your life, go to the theater, watch a real film the way it's meant to be watched. I think it's like almost like vinyl. I think that um, there's hope for it to make a huge comeback. And I think we're on an up, upswing of it. So. I think it's going to happen. And I think a big part of that is because some of your more powerful directors and producers are demanding it. When, when Spielberg won't, you know, he, he wouldn't release the Fablesman uh, to streaming until it had been out for almost a month. At yep, the I remember that. Same with Cameron, same with uh, Chris Nolan and the stuff that he does. When they say, no, it's not going to stream until it's been out this many weeks. They're the people with the power. Uh, the movie studios, obviously, that they want to they want to bully you into going on to HBO Max and stuff like that immediately. But but by by having that kind of power and 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 that kind of influence, they are saving the theaters. Yeah, I agree. And by the way, you mentioned uh, Christopher Nolan. There's another great example of uh, you could go watch it in theater. You could get the real deal or you could watch it at home and it's going to be a lot less. I mean, it's still going to be great because Christopher Nolan, but like it's not going to be the same kind of great. It's just not going to be. So yeah, um, I, I, I would it would break my heart to have to see for the first time a Cameron or a Nolan movie at home. I don't want to think you know, about it. I, I just sad. yeah, I like the big screen. Um, we've got a comment out here from uh, Miranda, our camo winner. She says, talk to me about this Point Pleasant movie that I see on your IMDb. I'm from Point. So whenever I say that, I always get, oh, my God, Mothman. Right. So, so there's some some guys. This was actually, this is a really small movie. I was This is an example of, I was kind of surprised it ended up on my IMDb. There's some guys out of Seattle that love the legend of the Mothman and they've written a fictionalized version of the folks that, that, that uh, uh, come later, not necessarily present day, but maybe eighties or something like that. My character, somebody that uh, what my family was affected by them. I'm not huge in the movie. Uh, I'm in it maybe seven or eight minutes total, two different spots. Uh, but it, it, they've set it up to look almost like a found footage type thing, like a Blair Witch with the Mothman. And um, we we filmed about half of it six, seven months ago, and we're going to finish it up in October. Yeah, Mothman, uh, what a famous, you know, we're so used to it because we're from the area. But uh, mm -hmm. certainly when I travel, uh, if anyone is interested in that subject matter, they certainly mentioned Mothman right away. I was just on a cruise, sitting beside someone at the bar, literally at the bar, the guy right beside me. Uh, he was from Virginia, so he wasn't from far away. And I mentioned I was from West Virginia. First thing out of his mouth, 
do you know about Mothman? I said, dude, I actually live right by it, as a matter of fact. And he said, it's one of our family's goals to visit that town. Is it amazing? And I said, well, it's your, it's a classic small town. And you know what? If that's your subject matter, it is amazing and worth going. Yeah. So I told him to go. And so That's cool. That's fun. Yeah, no doubt. What um what movie do you remember? And you don't have to necessarily go old, super old school if you don't want to. But like, seriously, a real question. What movie do you remember just really like lighting your fire, lighting your creative fire? Like what sticks out where you, it, I don't know. We all watch movies growing up, but I just feel like f to, to be a movie guy, one just clicks and then you just take it from there. So I ran away from home when I was 12. This is I not a movie, right? This is real life. No, this is the movie. This is my life. Okay. I ran away from home when I was 12. I went to Barbersville Junior High School back when there was such a thing. And I walked to the Keith Albee. And it was a blizzard. And I sat in the Keith Albee and watched Raiders of the Lost Ark twice. Wow, what a lucky find. That's great. And I, I used my lunch money to buy a ticket to see it. And I didn't want to see it because I didn't understand at 12 years old. I thought Han Solo had made a Western and I was, I hated Westerns at that time. My dad watched all the Clint Eastwood movies and everything. He beat me to death with Westerns. And yep. I thought from the poster Han Solo was in a Western. I didn't want to see it, but I needed a place to hide out. So my parents didn't beat my ass for running away. Right. <laughs> and so it's snowing and, and all this stuff. And uh, uh, I, five minutes into that movie, I, I literally, I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. And when I walked, I walked to the exit to leave and saw it was really snowing hard. I walked back in and just watched it again. And uh, that's the movie. When I watched that, I didn't know that I wanted to be an actor. I, I knew I wanted to write movies. And that's actually what the lion's share of my business is at this point is, is I write. Um, I get to act and sometimes I write so that I can act uh, right for me. But the truth is, um, I, I'm, get, I'm getting a lot more bang for my buck as, as a writer than I ever have as an actor. Yeah, that's a great answer. And, uh, you know, wow, man, the fact that you can say that you saw that movie, um, you, you saw Indiana Jones in theater. That's so cool, man. I obviously did not have that opportunity. That movie was out, uh, I believe, I believe that's my birth year when that movie, it might be right before. Is, is it, no, okay, so that was right before it. They, yeah. I'm a um, the movie that was number one when I was born is Ghostbusters, the original Ghostbusters '84. <laughs> wow. Okay. Amazing. Um, yeah, yeah, and every now and then, okay, so like you, you were young then when you were watching that, and sure, your mind was blown and you loved it because we just heard your story. But at the same time, now you can really look back and go, "Wow, I saw an all-time classic." You didn't know that was going to be the case at the time. You just knew it was greatness. But like, wow. Well, dude, I, I'm just old enough. I'm 53, so I, I was eight years old when Jaws came out. I saw it at the drive-in. Um, I got to see Star Wars at the Keith Albee, Empire Strikes Back at the Keith Albee. Um, yeah, I, I lived at the movie theaters. I saw movies I had no business seeing. I saw one called Monsignor that was Christopher Reeve as a priest who had an affair with a nun. I think I was 11. I didn't care what it was. I just wanted to be in a movie theater. Yeah. Yeah. I knew that feeling. That's hilarious, man. That's awesome. Um, well, okay. So obviously um, I'm not going to be able to um, reciprocate an eighties film, even though I was around in the eighties, you know, um, for me to really take movies in, I, of course I grew up watching movies. And just like you said, I always loved, the buzz, the feel of being in the movie theater, it just felt like I was at an event that was almost mm -hmm. 
unreal, like bigger than life. It felt larger than life. I would always get lost. And I, who am I kidding? I still get lost in film. Yeah. And it's much easier to get lost in the movie theater than it is on your couch, by the way. not Nothing against streaming a million movies. I certainly stream a million. I have all those streaming services as well. And I'm a MoviePass mm -hmm. member. That's just how much I love them. Um, but you can really get lost. There's just something about that experience on the big screen. You can really get lost. And so anyway, my example, um, oddly enough, is Fight Club. Fight Club for me was, I remember watching it for the first time. And that movie's 99. And uh, that was one of the first movies that like really impressed me. And just, you know, at the time I was 15 years old and I was just not expecting that twist. Um, and by the way, we can plot twist this uh, spoiler alert. It's no big deal. The movie's in 99. If you haven't seen it now, it doesn't matter. <laughs> That's funny. The same year that Fight Club was in theater, um, The Sixth Sense was also in theater, and they were actually in theater at the same exact time. And both of them, ironically, had enormous twists at the end, right? That's what Huge. they're famous for. Yeah. So uh, there is a famous story that I remember reading on the internet, and I've never forgotten it. And this guy thought he was being, he was being an asshole is what he was being. So he'd already seen both movies in their opening week. And he goes to the theater, because he's a big movie buff, uh, but he's also an asshole, clearly. And he goes to the theater. He makes his own custom shirt. And on the shirt, it says, Brad is Ed and Bruce is dead. And he would stand in front of the theater just spoiling both movies for all of the just I've just never forgotten Terrible. that story because I'm just like, what an asshole move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's bad. I had a buddy, uh, also another asshole move story. I had a buddy when the movie I Am Legend was out. Um, mm -hmm. He would join like Call of Duty chat rooms that were full of like 50 people and 50 people and 50 people. He would just keep joining chat rooms right when the movie was out. He'd join and say, hey, guys, uh, I Am Legend, uh, the dog dies. And then he would just click out of there and go to the next chat room. <laughs> oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, who is a director that you really look up to, by the way? Oh, gosh. Uh, my favorite director is Mel Gibson. Um, after Mel Gibson would probably be Spielberg. I like the fact that they they can Gibson can tell a story. And you, I think Apocalypto is probably one of the best. <laughs> you took it out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah. That's where I was going to go. Yep. Um, I'm actually right now, uh, you know, he also directed Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I'm working on a a script I can't really talk about right now, but one of the guys that I'm working on it with is Terry Benedict, who um, wrote Hacksaw Ridge okay. and won an Academy Award with Mel for the production of it and, and things like that. And that's he's one of the people when I'm in Nashville, Gracie, that's what I'm doing is a lot of times I'm down in his office. Uh, that's fun. Getting mentored by the people that really know what they're doing. That's a good story. Hacksaw Ridge, cool story. Uh, Sean says uh, the man that, Indiana Jones was based on. I've slept on his living room floor. Now, I don't know if Sean is still in this chat, but could you please elaborate on this? Because this is a story. Sean's a former um, uh, pod guest and also the leader of the Shotgun Squad, by the way, shotgunsquad.com. And as a matter of fact, good reminder, Sean, this is a good time to get you guys on the crawler. So let me get your all's link out there. We'll switch it over from camo to Shotgun Squad. We're always shouting both of you out. Um, Shoot, I was going to I was going to piggyback off that, but you know what? Let's get out of movies for a second. Let's just get weird with it, okay? I don't know if you listen to this episode or not, but I've asked this a few times now. James Gracie already knows where I'm going with this, but this oh, seems like the right guy to ask this question to. Um mm -hmm. are you familiar with Boneyard Alaska, James? 
<laughs> yes. Boneyard, Alaska. Boneyard, Alaska. You can Google it after the show if you're not familiar with it. There is I'm a man not. up there. Okay, well, there's a man up there. This is a real story. It's a real guy. Uh, he All lives right. up in Alaska, and he owns a ton of land, like hundreds of square acres of land. And what he started to learn was the permafrost up there is melting, okay? And as it's melting, he started to realize all of this land that he owns, it is a, just an epic gold mine of dinosaur bones, prehistoric bones. So the permafrost is just melting down, and he's making all these crazy discoveries. The craziest discovery that he made so far was a fully intact woolly mammoth that was like perfectly frozen so obviously he had to get the university of alaska involved and things like that because mm -hmm. the, the thing is a woolly mammoth on his on his property so um he has this what he, there's a show i think it's on discovery it's called boneyard alaska and there's different links and i think there's a documentary film about it um because what this guy's ultimately doing he's now devoted his whole life to just collecting i think he's up to like a hundred thousand dinosaur bones that he's collected on his property and um so his story is really cool and that's another side but he swears and if you hear the guy and you feel like you meet him through his documentary and everything i believe this story i guess he swears that when they found the fully intact woolly mammoth him and his buddies were like okay we're gonna cut a piece of this thing off and we're gonna fry it up over the camp fire and we're gonna <laughs> taste it we're gonna taste woolly mammoth and he swears he did it so the question to you, James, is if you're in that exact scenario and you're that guy's buddy, would you taste the woolly mammoth meat or not? Without question. <laughs> exactly. I would absolutely do it. Exactly. Yeah. It's never going to happen again. It's never going to happen again. So why not? Never going to happen again. You might get sick, but you. I mean, what a story. I also would eat woolly mammoth. Gracie, can you eat woolly mammoth when you're pregnant? I don't, can't remember this. <laughs> I mean, I would give it a shot. Really, the only meat that doesn't make me sick though is chicken right now. So it could possibly make me sick, but you never know what's going on. You know, you don't know. Don't don't uh, knock like, mammoth until you try it. Maybe might like mammoth. Who knows? It might be. <laughs> James, are you a morning person or a night person? Morning. What time do you like? What's your standard wake up time in the morning? Uh, I, I have two dogs. I'm usually up <laughs> with them letting them out and things before eight. And then uh, I, I, I try to, I have a, I have my military. Uh, it's not a military thing, but it's, I'm militant about it is I, I have my little rituals that I do every morning before I write and I'll let my dogs out and I'll get my coffee. And then I like to meditate and things get my mind where it needs to be. Uh, I watch master class for an hour and then I start writing. So for me to be able to do everything that I need to do so that I can, I can write at a decent time and actually be productive that day. Um, I, I need to be finished and sitting in front of my computer by about nine 30. Yeah. You know, um, I, I think something that I find interesting about you just in this hour interview that we're in so far is like, uh, I often hear uh, a lot of military guys talk about how difficult the transition is or, or they, they stay, they do stay so militant in their life. And I just assumed that you were going to say you're a morning person because you've spent your entire life probably waking up at the ass crack of dawn because you have to, it's part of your job. Right. Um, I, but it, it feels like to me that you are, um, you seem like a success story. It feels like you've translated uh, pretty well. And I could be wrong. I mean, are you crazy OCD around your house? Do you drive your family crazy? Do you make them like nope. make their beds and fold in the corners? Oh, and God, like? No, no. I, I went the complete opposite way, man. I felt like that was the job and I'm not in that job anymore. Good for you. I like it. I, I just, and, and I got to be honest with you, man. I mean, I'm blessed in that I did all that time and, you know, was in during the Persian Gulf War and was in after 9-11. I've never been shot, never been shot at never been blown up 
by an IED. I don't have any of the, I'll call them glamorous stories that people can tell at the VFW. I don't have those. And I'm glad yes. I, you know, it, I, I, I did all that time. I met amazing friends, guys that I was on my ship with when I was 19 years old, we're, we're still getting together for, for beers and for dinner and stuff like that up in Rhode Island from time to time. And uh, you know, it, I, I've, I've got nothing but good memories um, from both branches. I mean, obviously you have bad days and you, you work with people you don't like and things like that, but that's any job in the world. I don't have any of those PTSD moments. And uh, so I was able to retire and, and transition into something, um, something else that I loved that doesn't feel like work. And that that's where I am with the, with the movies and the writing and the acting and everything. I don't feel like I get up and work. Uh, I, but the only thing military about me at this point is that I, I have to feel productive. If I don't feel productive, I do get into a funk. I do get into a little bit of a depression if I feel like I'm not going anywhere. Uh, because I've, I've been, I've had a mission since I was 19 years old and now my mission is movies. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that thought though. And you know, I've not been in the military and I certainly, I certainly think that I, I share the same value with that. If, I, I would be depressed. Uh, like I know we all have bad days at our jobs. I actually love my job as well. I work in sport medicine for a living, so it keeps it really interesting. Um, but like, sure, I have bad days. But man, at the same time, if I didn't get up and do my job and feel productive and feel like I helped people, um, yeah, I would feel like I need a mission, and I would I would feel like I was failing. And and I do want to write more and things like that. Um, I share some of those same interests. I just get so damn busy with everything. And that's part of the reason why we do this podcast, man. Me, Gracie, and JD, we do this because this is our creative outlet. Not only do we get to meet people from all over the place, interesting stories. Um, we're certainly not doing it for the money. <laughs> like we're, you know, we, any money that we make similar to what you said earlier, we just dump it right back into the show because that's what it sure. deserves. Um, we like to go to, we like to go to different concerts and shows and be backstage and be VIP sometimes when we're lucky. And, and that's fun. Um, now, listen, we talked about eating a woolly man. So let's get weird again. Um, I'm going to put you in a survival scenario here. Um, so you're in a scenario where the plane goes down. You're kind of like in a, like a deserted island situation. Um, you are starving to death. There's hope that you could be rescued. You're not sure if you're going to be rescued or not, but there, there's a glimmer of hope. The only people on this island, it's you and your dog that you just spoke about. So you're at the point where you're both going to die of starvation. Would you eat your dog if you had to, to survive? Nope. <laughs> nope. We'd go out together. Yeah. We'd go out together. I got my dog right beside me right here. And um, you know what? Since he's listening, uh, Serge, I <laughs> promise to also never eat you if I had to. I would rather die than eat my dog. Uh, we'll just yep, go out together. No way. No way. Man. <laughs> yeah. Just bury me beside the dog. Yeah. I, I agree with you 100%. Um, do you okay? Last question for you, um, and then we're going to get to Holler Nation. This is the latest we've ever got to Holler Nation, but the truth is, man, you had a lot of interesting stuff that we wanted to go over. Um, why not end on this question? Do you think breakfast belongs in a burrito? Yes or no? Yes, I absolutely love breakfast burritos. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I would be sad without breakfast burritos in my life. I totally yeah. agree with you. Well, listen, this is the part of the show where we like to shout out Holler Nation. Let's give it a quick stab. <laughs> Link up at officialholler.com. Officialholler.com. You can always go to our website. You can stream all of our episodes from there. Um, whatever episode is currently live uh, will be on the front page. So, James, here in a couple days, you'll be on the front page. Your YouTube link, 
your Spotify link. Uh, we have a, a web player right there on the front of the page uh, where you could just play it from the website. Or like you said, you can go to Spotify, YouTube, any of the uh, iTunes, any of the places the podcasts are downloaded. Um, so it's time to shout out Holler Nation. We like to give them a poll each week. Now, clearly, JD is not here right now. So we've only got one poll this week, and that's why I just saved it for the very last. It's my poll, and I wanted to get silly with it tonight on purpose. And I asked Holler Nation, would you rather your work offer you a recess or a nap time? So if your work was going to offer you one or the other, would you rather have a recess or a nap time built into your workday? So, you know, that being said, before we spoil it, let's just actually like go around right here. We'll, we'll get to Grace when she makes it back. Um, I'm the one talking. I'll go ahead and go first. I'm going to say I would rather my work give me a recess. First of all, those are some of my most fun memories in life. And if I could play like kickball or maybe shoot some hoops on my work break, I actually think I would be a more productive worker. And speaking of productivity, if I took a nap in the middle of my work day, I think I would never get going again. I would be down for the count. We're a lot <laughs> that is alike. We are a lot alike. Yep, for sure. Yeah. So, so I'm assuming that's your answer too. Then, absolutely, man. I'd want to recess. If I go to sleep, I'm done for the day. <laughs> done for the day, dude. I mean, I yeah. am riddled with ADHD, man. I'm riddled with adult ADHD, and as long as I'm up and moving, and things are great. The minute I sit down, it's like it's like earlier we went to dinner. I came home and it was I'm just waiting on us, right? Right, waiting on the podcast. I fell asleep. <laughs> if I stop moving, I fall asleep and then I'm done. So your body says that's it. There's these people that I believe have superhuman powers and they're able to like on their lunch break, literally on their lunch. This is a joke of a question, but like literally on their real lunch break, they go out to their cars and like nap for like 30 minutes and then they come back and start working. And I'm like, who are you? My brain would actually start throbbing like a, like a migraine. If I did that, if you woke me up 30 minutes into a nap, I would be like, I'm going to puke. <laughs> I'm going to puke on myself. <laughs> Gracie, I'm shocked to know what your answer is. Would you rather nap or go to recess? <laughs> well, honestly, I'm going to take a nap. Yeah, you're going to take a nap. It's, okay. I have, I have before. I mean. Yeah, exactly. You just know, wait. now that I, No, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just saying, just wait. I'm just going to be napping all of the time. We, I think all of Holler Nation, Gracie, we love you. Y'all beautiful. We all knew that you were going to choose to nap. Uh, now that I'm thinking about it, Funny nap story at work. I was outside uh, on my lunch in my car, just listening to music one day, killing some time. I was actually multitasking. I was on my phone, just knocking a few things out while listening to music. It, it helps to get out of the office. I will say that at least. I just don't want to fall asleep. So I got out of the office uh, for a minute. There was a, a group of construction workers. They were doing some like, um, I think they were landscape workers is what they were. And they were doing some landscaping across the street. Their truck, their landscape truck was pulled beside me. They had the tailgate down. And of course they had a water jug and they all came out for lunch as well because it's the middle of lunchtime. Well, two of the guys crawled underneath the tailgate because it was shaded and it was like a warm day outside. They crawled into the shade and they just conked out. I was watching these men snore in the grass and the other guys were like up sitting on the tailgate, just eating their lunch, like normal workers, I would say. But the other two guys in the grass, they were more of like your Gracie workers. They were just going to power off for 30, come back. I don't know. Superhuman, man. I don't know how they do it. <laughs> Crazy. All right. Well, on that note, let's see what Holler Nation has to say, and then let's get out of here for the evening. Uh, James, it's been real. Um, so let's see. Holler Nation, would you rather your work offer you a recess or a nap time? Corey says, recess. I'd love to take an hour and go drive some golf balls or maybe even nap in a tanning bed. Um, Sarah Webb says, recess. Remember the day we got to play kickball in the indoor? And I said, exactly, kickball. Um, Kayla Bell is with Gracie. She says, nap time for sure. 
And then she said, I stare at other people sleep all night. It makes me want to sleep. Well, that's a strange thing to say. Um, Miranda says nap. Miranda says nap. I was the kid who skipped recess in elementary. Um, she says, but let's be real. Uh, I wouldn't do either because then I'd be way too behind at work. So she's just going to skip nap and recess. She's got to get back to work. Uh, LaCandice, a.k.a. Candy, she says nap. I require tons of sleep to function. Gracie, we should have tallied this one. I, I wasn't. I'm, I'm thinking. I've tallied it. I'm okay. on it. You're on it. Look at you being on it. Here's Lee Pennington, we just shouted you out earlier. Lee says, recess. While I get super sleepy in the middle of the day, if I took a nap, I would be done for. There would be no bouncing back from that. <laughs> James and I agree with that. Um, uh, Franny Hunley, Franny Coffee Hunley, I should say, uh, loves cat. This girl loves caffeine. She says, I want to nap outside in the sun. So I would like to nap at recess. Is that allowed? <laughs> Michael, T. Jett, Michael T. Jett says nap time. A power nap would be great on those 12 hour shifts. Um, Tiffany says recess. So I could do whatever I wanted. I could either go run errands or I could be outside. And I agree with that. I run errands a lot on my lunch break. Actually, that's where I use my like personal. It's sad, but true. Very American of me to like take my lunch break and then do as many tasks as I can only to get back to work, and get my ass back to work. Um, we'd rather just cram a sandwich in our car and just get, go, go to the post office, uh, do all of our different, I go grocery shopping sometimes on my lunch break if I can get a good one. Um, Sophie says, couldn't I just nap during recess? Um, Alicia says, I would do neither. I would rather just get off work an hour earlier. If you'd give me that, <laughs> I would also, I could go down. I could be down with getting off work. Um, yes. Courtney says 1 million percent nap, uh, Ashley in Florida, Ashley out of Daytona, Florida says recess. I always drag ass and I'm in a foul mood when I wake up from a nap. <laughs> um, Zach Smith says nap and Zach is famous for being a guest on the show for his famous ping pong pub. That's right. You heard it here first in Huntington. We have a ping pong pub where you can go both drink and play ping pong at the same time. Look it up. It's called ZJ's ZJ's ping pong pub, ping pong pub, Zach Smith, but he would rather nap on his break. Um, that is everything. We're going to smash a bunch of buttons. We're going to get out of here. James, we want to thank you for being on the show. Uh, I feel like I could just sit here and talk to you and ask you movie questions and, and military questions all night long. Thank you for being uh, uh, such a good sport about it. Absolutely, man. Anytime. And you know what? Uh, we will do it again sometime. We certainly have repeat guests on the show. And uh, you're someone I feel like we, we uh, unpeeled a layer of the onion, but like, let's go even deeper next time if you're down. Absolutely. Anytime. Absolutely. Uh, Holler Nation, thank you guys for sticking around. Camo Energy, CamoEnergyShots.com, ShotgunSquad.com. We're going to smash a bunch of buttons and get out of here. We'll see you next round. Well, way down yonder on the Chattahoochee, it gets hotter than a hoochie-coochie. You've got mail. Sucking on chili dough, outside taste breeze. Okie dokie. Hot pockets. You make me come. <laughs> and we will end on.